Amen. Right on. So uh, I have a lot of kind of intro to the series and the sermon, and I said it at the beginning of last week's series, and it's not a plug to get you to go back and listen to that, but I just don't have the time today to kind of give you the setup and the why behind this series because I really want to jump in. Uh, but I'll say this, a couple things you need to know. Every person in here has a foundation, and every person in here is responsible for what that foundation looks like. Amen. And so if we know that, then we know that this scripture applies to all of us, which says, hey, be aware, be careful of how that foundation is working. Uh, and, and so if, if God put it in scripture, if it was inspired by God to be in this holy book, then it still applies to our day. It's still something that's going to matter today. So that word of caution about, hey, be careful how you build still matters today and still matters to you sitting in this room. And so we're going to take the next few weeks to look at like how we're building and what matters. And I had a sermon I was really excited about. I told the staff all about it and it was, uh, has great detail about the components of sand versus other things that you use to build things. And so I uh, told them all about it on Wednesday and then God gave me this almost chapter. Uh, I'd just been thinking on it and thinking on it. And, uh, and so at first I was like, and it's actually a sermon that I've preached before. Some of you might remember the text, but I'm actually going to preach it in a different way. So you'll remember the story, and you might remember some of the points, but I'm going to say it a different way. And so anyway, I've moved away from the sermon that I first thought I was going to do into this sermon because I just feel like this is what God wants to say this weekend. And so uh, I was telling Jess about it. You know, I first had this sermon, and then all weekend, more of this sermon just started coming. It just started coming. And so I'm going through the house, and I'm like, oh, and another thing. Here's another thing. And I'm like, just saying another thing and another thing. And she, you know, it's finally, it's like, is that your sermon? Like, is that what you're going to, because I was just, it, stuff's happening, and other things happening, and dumb things are happening. And I'm like, you know what? Here's another thing. <laughs> and uh, so today we're going to get the another thing. Are you with me? So 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, I just read it to you. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed, is just another way of talking about obeying and following his instruction, is better than the fat of rams. We live in a church culture that loves to say, look at this little thing I did over here. Oh, did you see what I did over here? Did you see that I did that thing? When God is looking down at us saying, where's the obedience? Where's the faithfulness? Where's the commitment to the ways that I've called you to live? Oh, but I did this little thing over here. Oh, but I did this little thing over here. But didn't you know back in the day, that's a good one for church people. Well, don't you know back here, I did these things. And God is looking at obedience now. Amen. John chapter 14, verse 15, the NIV version says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. What's he talking about? He's talking about obedience. If you love God, if your heart is for God and the things of God, the result of that is you be a person who walks in obedience to the way that he's called you to live. Now, I'll stop the record and say, listen, I'm not about to preach for the next 20 minutes about you living a perfect life. The expectation is not for you to be perfect and get it right all the time. But what I see far too often is I see people setting the bar at other people. So they say, God's called me to this, and then you hit down here, and you've come short of what God called you to do. And when you think about it or talk about it, you say back to God, yeah, but so-and-so, they're all the way down here. At least I'm better than there. No, God's call on your life is to be obedient to what he's called you to. Am I making sense? 
So this isn't a message of, hey, be perfect. This is a message of go be your best, do your best, be all that God has called you to walk into, and don't set your standard at what other people are doing. Amen. The other version of it, John 14, 15, in the Passion Translation, I love it. It says this, loving me, loving God, empowers you to obey my commands. We say things like seek first. The scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. It's this, it's when you do that. It's when you love him. It's when you seek him. It's when you live for him. It gives you the strength and the empowerment to be that obedient person that you've called to be. The reason we lack the power to be obedient and to follow through is because a lot of us aren't seeking first the kingdom. We aren't loving after God the way that we should. Are you with me? It frustrates the mess out of me when I hear people say, well, God knows my heart. He just knows my heart and he knows my heart. And that is so true that God knows our heart and he is our judge. But we've used that grace loophole for a reason to be disobedient. Well, but God knows my heart, but God knows my heart. And God's called you to this and you decided to do this and you give yourself an asterisk about it because you say, well, God knows my heart in it. God knows. We make all these excuses and we choose to do all these other things. And we say, well, God knows my heart in it. What God knows is what he called you to do and he expects you to be obedient to that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so we got to stop saying, well, over here, well, I chose to do this instead, and I soccer, and I got this for the kids, and I got all these other things, and I got all this other God knows my heart that I'm about to, God knows my heart that I got to go after the promotion because God knows my heart. And God is saying, no, I want you to be obedient. Stop abusing grace and start being obedient. You happy you came today? I am. I feel good. <laughs> Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. I'm going to read it to you. We're not going to put it on the screen because it's a lot of reading. I got about 18 verses. But it says this. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. So he just called him to sacrifice his son. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac, smart boy, spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? We're missing the sacrifice here. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place, which God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on the top of the wood. He reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him, Abraham, Abraham, exclamation marks in those. He shouted out to him, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld your son, your only son, 
couple more verses. Abraham looked up, and there was, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. So over in the brush is this ram. And it says, he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. It's the first time in scripture we got God's name, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So he said, the Lord will provide. And to this day on the mountain, the Lord, it, on this mountain, it'll be the Lord provided. The angel said, the angel of the Lord said to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of cities and their enemies and your, through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And it says this, because you obeyed me, obeyed me. It doesn't even say because you had a sacrifice. It says because of the act of obedience, great influence would be poured onto your life. Because of the act of obedience. Now, I've preached this sermon that this is a message in the, the headline of your scripture. If you open up that chapter, the headline of it, it says, God tested Abraham. And I've preached the sermon that God tested Abraham to see if Abraham trusted God. Many of you, if you were here for the sermon, when I preached that that way, I talked about how God looked to see. He's looking for a person he can trust. But today, when I'm looking at it and I'm rereading it and the way that they wrap up the thing, it, it to me is an obedience thing. It was a testing of obedience. We're, 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 it wasn't a story of sacrifice. and It was a story of obedience to the end of what God called him to do. Are you with me? What's interesting is we judge success in the kingdom of God by the amount of blessing in our life. God blesses you by the amount of obedience in your life. God blesses you by the amount of obedience in your life. Here's what I believe Abraham could have done here. He could have walked around with Isaac, whom was his blessing, remember, given to him by God, and said, look at me, look at me. I got this blessing in my life. I'm good. I don't have to be wholly obedient. I don't have to be fully obedient. I've already been blessed by God. I can just lay back. To, look at this blessing. Are you with me? Don't we do that as Christians? I don't got to press on anymore. I don't got to give all. I don't have to be fully obedient and wholly surrender because look at God's already blessed me. And we just play with the blessing. Are you with me? Yeah. And God is looking down and saying, like, I know I've blessed you. I know that I've equipped you, but I'm also still looking to see if you're going to be a person of obedience to me. What's interesting about this time in the Bible is it says that Abraham, we know, lived in a, a very heathen society. No Bible, of course, no churches, no book studies, nothing like that. Uh, but this time in culture, the world was burning unto their gods, their firstborn. You read the Old Testament, all this crazy stuff goes on. But this was a time in culture where literally the world, to their gods, was burning their firstborns. Could it be that God was looking down and saying to, uh, to Abraham, I see how obedient the world is to their gods. Are you willing to be as obedient and sacrifice your, are you with me? And I think about it in our life, the same thing happens to us. Does God look down in our life and say, I see how obedient you are to your workplaces. And I'm not telling you to be disobedient to your workplaces, but I'm talking about your career. 
You set a goal in your workplace. You set a goal in your career. You set a passion. And then all you do is strive to be obedient to that corporate ladder. Are you with me? I want to get to this level. I want to get to that level. I want to make this much money. I want to make that. And you're so wholly obedient to it because you want to get there. Maybe for you, it's a lifestyle goal. Maybe you want to have X amount of money in a bank. Maybe you want to live in this certain neighborhood. Maybe you want to have this kind of hobby or this kind of recreation. And you're so wholly committed and obedient to getting to that place that you then choose that over obedience to God. I wonder if God could look down in the same way to us as he did Abraham and go, I wonder if you're as obedient to me as you are those things. Amen. I believe the same test is on our life. God is looking at us the same way. God also said this, take your son, your only son, whom you love. He actually had two sons. You know the story of Isaac and Ishmael, and, and one was the promised child and one was the problem child, and he made it clear, take, take the son whom you love. You have to take the best one. You have to be obedient in your best, not second best. Oh, God, uh, I see what you've called me to. I can be obedient in this one, but I certainly can't walk out obedience in the best one. Amen. When it costs you the most, when it's the thing you're most tied to and God's calling you into obedience, you say, ah, you know what? We'll just give him this one because it's easier. No, God, God wants the best one in our obedience. Amen. We're real good at offering our second best. Uh, my daughter does it. Um, she's going to be six, which is ridiculous. She's going to be six. I don't know if it makes me old or very sad, probably both. She's going to be six. I don't want to talk about it. Um, some of you who are really cool get that little line I just said. But uh, six years old, okay? And so it's time for some responsibility. And so it's uh, go downstairs and uh, go do a thing. I give her a command, right? It's her opportunity to be obedient. Hey, honey, will you go downstairs and will you do this thing? And so time goes by. I go to check on the thing. Hey, you didn't do the thing. <laughs> yeah, but dad... I had to give the dogs food, and I had to get Charlie's blankie, and all of these other things that she wasn't commanded to do. Are you tracking with me? She made all these other sacrifices, but what I asked for was obedience, right? And so guess what happens? I don't go, oh, whew, good thing. You fed the dogs and took care of the blankie and played with your dolls for a little bit. Good thing you did that, because I know they needed attention. Instead, what I do as the Heavenly Father, if you're with me, you understand what I'm saying, right? The parallel here. I said, honey, those things are wonderful. That's great. I'm glad you did that. But what I need you to do is the thing that I told you to do. All of those sacrifices, that's great. But this is what's most important in your life right here. And I need you to do these things. We do the same thing to God. God gives you a command and he calls you into something. He says, hey, I'm calling you. I'm equipping you. I'm asking you to go do these things. And he checks up on us and, hey, how's that thing going that I called you to do? Oh, but God, I had all these things, and along the way, I had to do the thing, and soccer, and, you know, work, and overtime, and summer came, and the holidays, and all these kinds of things. He's like, oh, those are, those are good things. You're right. And I'm not saying you can't do those things. But how about obedience first? Are you with me? Deuteronomy 28.1 says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. What's it talking about? Influence. That thing you desire, that place you want to try to get to in him and through him and with him and all those things that you believe God is setting you to, it starts with fully obeying the Lord your God and carefully following all the commands and things that he's called you to. Are you with me? 
Luke chapter 5 uh, is a great story about how we kind of choose to not fully obey. Many of you know the story in Luke 5 where the uh, disciples are out fishing all day and they catch nothing. So they come back to the shore, of course, frustrated. They've cleaned up all the nets. They've washed all the nets. Everything is done. I'm sure in their mind, just like us, when you come back from a road trip or whatever, you've completed the thing that you've done all day long. You finally get home. You're ready to move on to the next thing. And Jesus says, hey, you didn't catch anything. Why don't you go back out and cast your nets? And they're like, oh, I just washed them and cleaned them and put them all away. And it's Sunday night football. And come on, like I can't. So they go back out and they decide to do one net. And the harvest, the catch is so great, the scripture says the nets begin to tear. And destruction begins to happen in this situation. Why? Because they didn't, as Deuteronomy said, fully obey and carefully follow the commands of Jesus. Why? Because they had stuff to do. How many of us do the same thing? God calls you into something. He says, this is what I spoke to you. And you go, ah, but I already cleaned them, I already folded them, I already put this, I already got this coming up, and the kids just went back to school and all this stuff. And so you just do a little bit of what God called you to do. And then the tearing and the destruction and the frustration happens because essentially we're walking in disobedience. Are you with me? The foundation, to tie it into the series, the foundation of our Christian walk is about obedience. It's not flash in the pan, give a little here, do a little there, a little bit of this. Hey, look at this sacrifice. Look at this. No, it's whole obedience into the process that God called us to. Amen. Amen. They wanted to hold back a little bit. It was easier for them to just hold back a little bit. I think we do the same thing. We just hold back a little bit. It's easy for us to give up things that don't cost you as much. You know, you just hold back a little bit. So, you're going to start that diet, and you know you need to make change. It's like, you know what? I know I really need to commit to this process and no more Krispy Kreme, no more, you know, 1,000-calorie triple latte, caramel, whatever they are. We're still paying on ours at Starbucks, I think. Jess goes there, and we make monthly payments on her coffees. <laughs> and uh, so you got to cut all that stuff out, the good stuff. It, it doesn't do you any good to just, just do a little bit of it. I've decided I'm really going to hit it. I'm going to give up asparagus. You know, I'm going to really put that aside because I need to make change. But we do that in the kingdom of God. Oh, we're, really, we're going to really go after God this year. We're really going to do it. And uh, you know what I'm saying. I thought about Noah. What if he did this? What if he didn't fully obey? What if he didn't carefully follow the commands of God? God speaks to him. He's never seen rain before. And he says, oh, okay, it's going to rain. And God said, it's going to rain. And this water is going to fall from heaven. You know, instead of building a whole ark and putting the sides on it and doing everything to it, let's just build a big shelter. Let's just put a little bit of a cover on it. Let's, let's make it the same distance, but let's just build a roof. We'll get all the animals under that because flood, I don't know, really know what flood means. Maybe that's like a river. We can stand through a river. I'll hold the little animals. But if he didn't fully and carefully follow it would have ended it for his life. Same thing in our life. We do that. God calls you something and you say, ah, maybe he didn't fully mean. I'll just do a shelter. Are you with me? I think about march, the march of Jer marching around Jericho. So you march. And then when the time comes, you, you shout and you blow your trumpets and you make a, and, and, and it was a very carefully detailed instruction in order to bring about victory. And what if that time came and they just, they just did a clap of praise. They just on the inside worshiped. Are you with me? What would have happened? And I would just wonder if there's walls that are called to fall in your life. And the only way that they will is when you fully and carefully obey the word of God in your life. Yeah. Obedience is better than sacrifice. The scripture says about this story that he arose early 
and climbed the mountain. He got up early. He made it priority. It was important in his life. The scripture says he staggered up the mountain, staggered up the mountain until God provided. Scripture says about Gideon that he was faint, but pursuing his enemy. He was feeling faint. He was feeling discouraged. He was feeling like he wasn't going to make it, but he continued pursuing. Many times in our life, in our walk of obedience, we start to feel faint and we start complaining. We start to feel faint and we start backbiting. We start to feel faint and we start retreating. Are you with me? We need to be like these two and stagger our way to God's promise. Even though we feel faint, are you with me? We just stay after it. What I love about the scripture is the first time that heaven spoke to Abraham, they said his name one time, Abraham, here I am, he replied. And the second time, he was so committed to his act of obedience that from heaven they had to shout two times with exclamation marks. Isn't it interesting that he was so committed to his obedience, that he was so locked in, that heaven two times had to speak up to get his attention? In our lives, isn't it funny how we quit on the first distraction? God calls us to something. He speaks to us to go do something. And as soon as a little opportunity comes for us to back out and neglect and retreat, we take that thing and we run with it. Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. Are you with me? You walked a mile in my shoe. You don't ever know how I was raised. You don't know what I came through. I'm just not where. We make all these excuses for why we retreat instead of staggering up to God's promise. I'll close with this. The scripture says that Abraham arose early and saddled his donkey. And then it says later, because he had brought servants with him, it says later he commanded them to stay back. The people that had gone with them, he commanded them to go back. Because there's some acts of obedience that you have to break through and go through on your own. The church can't do it for you. The pastor can't do it for you. The small, all those things are good. Small group can't do it for you. You have to press through. You have to push forward. You have to stagger up the mountain to your promise. Are you with me? And so he said, you guys got to stay back. This is something God and I got to do. Too many people stop because they say that person didn't do it for me and they didn't do it for me and they didn't do this and they didn't do that and we rely on everybody else to get you up the mountain you got to press on that's why the scripture says if you are somebody if you put your hand to the plow and you look back you're not fit for the kingdom if you're somebody who's like is there anyone else is it better back there if you look back you're not fit to get to the promise stay after it amen my daughter does the same thing I call her to something. It's kind of her double thing. It's either she goes and doesn't really do it, or she says this, hey, honey, will you go this? Daddy, will you just do it for me? How many of you have young kids that do that? Like, like I work for them, right? It's like, no, I told you to go get me a Coke. Like, I'm not going to go get myself a Coke. That's why I had kids. <laughs> just kidding. It's Mountain Dew, but it's fine. Same thing. She said, Daddy, will you do it for me? And I say, no, honey, you got to do it. Why? Because there's a lesson to learn in it. There's a strength you're going to gain from it. I'm equipping you and developing you and putting you in place to be a successful. Are you with me? God does the same thing. God, will you just do it for me? I'll do it with you. But there's something you got to learn. 